0: Well, guys, we are back for another edition of the Bluminati podcast. We've got a full house tonight. We've got Colin, Vito, Seth and Senator Giggity on board for a wonderful edition of, we're getting close to football, but we probably won't have football, but let's pretend we will for 45 minutes. How you guys doing? First of all, happy birthday, I buddy. Have, I don't have COVID, so it's waited, but happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, I had uh, a 12-pack and then some to myself on Saturday and didn't wake up with a hangover Sunday, so I'm, I, you know what? I'm living my best life right now. Yeah, Hashtag you
1: get about one more year of that, big guy. Yeah, it was,
0: it was nice.
2: <laughs> you got to enjoy it while you can. Yeah, happy birthday, and uh, hey, doing fine. We're not sick yet, so hey. You
0: know, five for five so far, right? Or six, yeah, five for five. Nobody's gotten it. Five for five. five I
1: mean, five, look at us. The, I I have never been tested, but I don't think.
0: <laughs> Seth, how how's uh, the the baby? How's the wife? How's how's having the three kids now?
3: Yeah, three. Uh, it's good. Yeah, uh, oldest one started school today. VPK. So that was interesting, but uh, yeah, so far so good with three. Uh, no longer can we play man to man. We're playing the form of zone now, so it's a little bit tougher, but it's not too bad.
0: Good. Well, guys, let's kind of get cracking into it. Uh, lots to kind of go over. Let's start on a happy note. Uh, the Ed uh, B S Charity Bowl, the Everyday should be Saturday Bowl, hosted by uh, you know Ryan Annie, Holly Anderson, Spencer Hall. Jason Kirk of, of the former Banish Society now. Uh, they've, they've got a new venture. They've got a new book out. Check them out. They, every year they do a charity drive for new American pathways uh, down in Atlanta for uh, refugee children, immigrants uh, that need help starting their new life. And it's always a great cause you know, it's a big rivalry rivalry thing for, for schools and, and Michigan just always wins it for some for some reason, man. They've got some deep pockets uh between Michigan and Georgia Tech, but I wanted to point out USF trounced, absolutely trounced UCF uh in donations this year. Uh twenty nine hundred dollars to UCF's $182. Uh good job by the Bulls. I know a bunch of us here on TDS uh, donated, so I appreciate everyone doing the best they can given the circumstances. And USF was ahead of 27 Power 5 schools. Top 50, baby. Suck it. Suck it. Good job
4: by everyone involved. I think it shows that, like you know, our fan base, I mean, it's there, it exists. And it loves the the weird side of college football as much as anybody, because that's sort of what is represented there. But UCF having actually other UCF people calling out on Twitter saying, Hey guys, we should really do this. And then like literally nobody shows up, but if they get to put their names on ESPN for a day, they're writing checks left and right. And I can't think of anything that's more brand than USF like giving to a charitable cause because they like weird college football and UCF uh, giving to a charitable cause because it gets their name on, on a broadcast. It's just one brand for both sides. Like (laughs) so perfectly.
2: How about this? They started with, they started with a goal of a hundred thousand dollars and they, after a week reached over 450,000. That's just incredible from the EDSBS community. And just, I mean, egging on the fan bases too. It's all about the rivalries, trying to get them together and try to, see who can outspend who, but 450 grand when you started out a hundred K. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Uh, Can we talk about the week slippery rock is having? I mean, they're (laughs) top 10 in that they're getting their Maybe, maybe not home field this weekend. The hell
0: that's crazy. Yeah. Apparently it's a thing with like Michigan, like slippery rock in Michigan. I guess Michigan always announces the slippery rock scores. Like that's just been a tradition for a while and it's more of uh, Michigan fans kind of propping up Slippery Rock for s- reasons that are escaping me, and I, I honestly don't know, but it's, it's interesting to see if they make the top ten there.
4: I, I was at, I've been at one Michigan game in my life, and they did announce the Slippery Rock score, and everybody did cheer. I, I know there's a story behind it. I just forget what it is, but yeah, that's a thing. Is it um, like a little, little brother, big brother thing, or are they like mocking them? I'm confused did they, they might've beaten somebody at some point like 75 years ago that Michigan wanted them to beat? I don't know. It's something like that, but yeah, it's, it's a thing. Like
1: I'm still a little upset uh, that we got beat by the middle school in Texas.
4: Uh, yeah. Well, they have nothing better to do there.
0: Yeah. I mean, Oil the canned food, the, the, uh, box tops for kids. I mean, it really, everything kind of came to fruition for them. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just shout out to everyone involved, even the middle school in Lubbock, for donating. I mean, four hundred fifty thousand dollars in a week, in in this economy, unironically, yeah. in this economy, is uh, pretty it's pretty outstanding, and you know, kind of shows the the willpower of uh, the college football fan base, and and as you as you mentioned, Colin, the, just the weird side of college football, and I think the smart side of college football, for being honest.
4: So, um, one of the really cool things about my job is that for a brief period where we overlapped, which I think was all of like three, four months, um, I was in the Banner Society Slack channel at work. Um, and just those people are so smart and so brilliant. And it's now moon city. If you haven't seen, uh, subscribe to moon city on Twitter, they have a newsletter that went out. Spencer, Spencer Hall wrote the first one today. I don't know what they're doing. I haven't talked to anybody over there uh, since they put that out, so I don't know what the plan is, or if they're trying to blow this up or make it like EDSBS two or whatever they're doing. Um, but I mean, nobody—I don't think anybody gets college football more. If you're looking for the anti-Clay Travis side of college football, um, what those folks do is just incredible. And yeah, I wish they were still working here, but um, you yeah, know, yeah, they'll it's, probably it's, make a lot. They'll make a lot more money doing it on their own, probably.
2: They wrote a country-western book that melds the history of college football. Um, And now they have this Moon Crew group, have an LLC and everything. And um, I'm looking for a podcast producer. uh, My DMs are open. I'm not, you know, I'm just saying. It's a little tough out
4: here in the box streets for the (laughs) podcasting right now, Vito, let me tell
2: you. Literally no one is listening or doing podcasts at all. It's not happening.
0: Yep. So uh, just quickly, uh, I read up on it. Um, I guess the PA announcer in 1959 at Michigan just started slipping in their scores throughout the games. Uh, and it just kind of became a tradition. And then other schools started doing it. But Michigan's the only one that's kind of kept doing it for as long as they have. So that seems to be the connection there. Yeah. Between uh, that and waving at sick children, I'm
1: going to go with the uh, waving at the sick kids. For tradition
0: yeah that one's pretty nice That's at uh what Iowa yeah yeah that's a good one that's a that's a good tradition um mm-hmm. uh, so to to less fun topics I guess uh COVID ever heard of it
4: so I put a thing out there I said will we play over under I think it was 12 and a half FBS football games this year uh 50 percent of people voted under um I think the saliva test that was developed is going to give schools cover um, to try and make this work more so than, you know, and and if you're not familiar with what's happened with the saliva test, basically the NBA and Yale got together and they developed a, a test for COVID where people can just spit in a cup as opposed to having to be swabbed. And the turnaround is much, much, much faster. So, yeah. So the NBA and Yale like really, came forward. It's that's, which is just insane when you think about it, but they might've done a a thing where it's going to end up saving college football, um, in some capacity for the fall. I don't know if this is going to work. Uh, North Carolina looked like a tire fire. And then today they just shut down all on campus classes because they had four breakouts in different quadrants of the campus. We all saw what Alabama was doing where the, um, athletic director was like shaming people for lining up, um, outside of of an event somewhere without wearing masks can can the SEC get through another 40 days for the first conference game on September 26th I don't know but I think with the saliva test it's going to at least give them more incentive to try and play college football as irresponsible as that might be and the test is much cheaper isn't that correct yeah. It's like they said between four and $10 a test, depending on how much the lab wants to charge for it. And they're just giving it to the labs. The labs can, they're just saying here, y'all, this is the protocol. Y'all do whatever you want to do. And from what I've read, one test is like 92% accurate.
3: If you do two is 99% accurate, right? Two tests cost you $20, which is much cheaper than what's going now. So it gives a lot of even the, the smaller conferences and, it uh, gives them a chance to get in on the same level of testing that the bigger conferences were going for.
4: So you I can think test that's a, seems to be a
3: positive, yeah, positive development.
4: You can test um, everybody in a college football program every day. Like yeah. it's not an unreasonable thing, which is going to be awesome.
3: Yeah. I know I've seen a few of the bigger schools, um, bigger conferences say they're going to test three times a week. That was kind of before that test came out. So maybe that's something that will increase. Uh, I'd imagine they'd want to just to be able to decrease some of their liability. I'd imagine would be part of it. I don't, I don't, I, to me, that's a good sign going forward. I think that, you know, as much as this is, um, they're economically incentivized to play, I also think they're not stupid. They're not going to play if they are going to subject themselves to major liability. So if they're going forward, I think you'd have to feel pretty good with what they think, uh, the information they're getting, that they feel they can do some of this stuff safely uh, because they're not going to want to open themselves up to huge lawsuits down the road. So I think it's moving forward. It seems to be progressing, uh, but
1: stuff, as we've seen in the past, can change very quickly. So we'll see what happens. I am excited for the, uh, the NCAA to come out and put a hard limit on the amount of tests student athletes can receive anything like beyond fours and uh, impermissible benefit. It's a, it's
4: a benefit.
2: Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that, but that's totally going to happen.
4: Yeah. The guy from the um, uh, NCAA health committee came out today and basically said, you know, if, if schools aren't meeting protocol, we'll step in at some point, but the protocols that they put in are not super restrictive. Like if you can't meet those protocols, you definitely should not be playing football.
3: NCAA protocols
4: or NCAA protocols. Yeah.
3: It seems like it seems like the bigger conferences are putting in pretty strict protocols as well to try to um, at least have uniform protocols
1: throughout the conference. Is that what you're saying as well? The Georgia schools open back up like University of Georgia, South Georgia, all that, or Georgia Southern. Because I feel like if North Carolina is bad, Georgia is going to be infinitely worse.
0: There, There's a huge party at like some like University of Georgia at North something. Oh,
1: yeah. It's was, it was the University of North
0: Georgia. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that was a cluster. Yeah, so, man, it's, it's going to be pretty brutal uh, with you know Alabama already getting kind of raked across the coals. And Nick Saban came out uh, today, uh, tonight, I think, with the statement saying, you know, I don't think these people are, are putting these protocols and asking you to wear a mask for no reason just do it if we want to have football. So, I mean, if that, you know, the best coach in, in college football is asking you to to do it, hopefully the Alabama fans uh, will take notice. But, you know, maybe the, the LSU and the Georgia fans and the Auburn fans just do it. You know, don't wear a mask just out of spite. Who knows? Has the NCAA, is there any type of
3: um, easing on restrictions with regards to housing and things like that? So they can keep, I mean, they probably don't. This may be something they don't want to do because, but at every turn, they're basically having to admit that student athletes are, are a little different than regular students. So but is there any type of easing on housing restrictions? I know I saw USF doesn't have anybody living on campus.
0: Is that correct? Right. That's that's pretty much all I've seen. Uh, Jeff Scott said in his press conference on Saturday uh, via zoom that everyone is off campus some of the kids are rooming with regular students. Some are rooming with teammates. It just kind of how it shook out, but no one's living on campus. Out of 400 plus classes, only 19 classes will be in person. So given there's 104 players on a team, typically each player has four classes. So over 400 classes total, only 19 of them are in person this semester. I think they did a really good job scheduling that. And I think that shows the foresh- foresight, and leadership—you uh, know—for Jeff Scott, for the the—you know—athletics in general. Michael Kelly making sure that they do everything in their power to to play because USF can't uh, USF can't afford not to play. Oh, I mean, these big schools can't afford not to play. Nah. I mean, it 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 gets worse. You know, they're not losing the you know the eighty to one hundred million dollars that some of these Big Ten schools are losing they may be able to weather the storm. You know, the big 10 schools may be able to weather that storm. USF, if, if you're cutting out a good chunk of their revenue, it's going to be tough to kind of withstand that. And they've done a, a hell of a job over the last what, going on six months of not having to fire or fur- furlough anyone within athletics right now.
4: I'm going to take a small counterpoint, uh, Nathan. So the, the good thing about USF athletics being uh, so overfunded by the students is that right now that revenue stream will not go anywhere. So forty percent of the athletics budget is still going to be provided by student um, activity fee, or the student athletic fee. Uh, so no matter what they, you know, they can't really get hit that hard. If it comes down, like, I, and I know, like, I I know how you feel about this personally, so if there's any danger to these kids, like, let's just not play. You know what I mean? And I, if people have to get fired in the athletic department, that sucks, but that's okay. You know what I mean? If, if debt has to be refinanced, if, you know, money has to be tapped and reserved, if loans against the, the future media contract have to be done, whatever it takes, you find the financial resources to do it. And, and if people have to take pay cuts, people have to take pay cuts. Or get or let go, let go, but we cannot put these kids in danger in any way, shape, or form. And, you know, when I hear, you know, at the opening press conference that two dozen kids have tested positive, that scares me. And I did not know until you just told me that none of the kids are living on campus. That may, to me, if you can't, if they're, at least if they're in dorms, like there's some kind of control. But if they're all living off campus, they can just walk around, go to the gas station, and unfortunately infect so many other people. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> and this is why I don't think this is going to work in the long run. This is why I think everybody's going to have the same problems that USF is going to have. And it sucks, but I don't see how everybody gets through this without, you know, it, bubbles work. We see that with the NBA, with the NHL, with the WNBA. If you put them in a bubble, It works. But anything else that you do hasn't had a great success rate. Baseball, college football so far, it's a, it's a problem. And I don't see how we're going to get through this and play games or at least play a full schedule.
0: Yeah. I I, I'm too, I want to counter your counterpoint here. I think that the thought process for putting the kids off campus was to ensure that they're not going to be Hanging out hanging out on the on the stoop on Holly or doing anything like that like the, they're pretty they're going to be controlled and I assure you I think this coaching staff more than maybe any recently I, I think they've got a full control and grasp of the situation of the team and we're, we're two months into testing 24 positives no one positive uh, I think in the last like 500 tests or something like that, uh, I think they're testing again either today or tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll get an update within the next couple of days here. I think they're doing everything right. And again, I think we're, I think oh, I, I would say all of us in, in this uh, podcast right now are in agreement that if it's too dangerous, do not play. But you can at least appreciate and accept that USF is doing the right things right now. And Jeff Scott has has said multiple times, "It everything could change on a dime. Who knows? It just takes one thing to change for the entire season to collapse." And I think he's kind of harping on that and making sure that kids the kids know, okay, if you're not in it, that is per. If you're not in, you know, your heart, you just don't feel safe. Right? Go ahead. Your scholarship's honored. Just take take your time. And we've seen, you know, seven kids have already opted out. Um, a couple of them have kids, which makes it a little bit more challenging uh, to decide on that. I know there's a couple of young kids, and, you know, I know KJ Sell has a, a son that I believe just turned four. Um, so, it, you know, it, to each their own. A couple of a couple of the bigger guys had John Waller is a bigger defense alignment. You have to worry about that. Um, you know, overweight men seem to. Uh, I think there's a New York Times article that came out that studies have shown overweight men typically are more susceptible to long-term effects of COVID than the women have been so far. We just gotta keep it you know, one day at a time and just hope. That's all we can do right now It's just hope. Well, I think after hearing that they put them all off
3: campus, um, I thought that was somewhat encouraging uh, to me because they obviously have placed them somewhere. So they, they, would have, they would seem to have some sort of control over their environment. So you could, if you have control over their environment, I know you did say some are living with regular students, but if you could get it to where that's all your control in the environment, you can create um, a quasi bubble. If you have all your players living in one spot and you can control it a little bit better, which you probably can than, than being all spread out on campus. Um, so I think that could be um, maybe a quasi bubble, which is the thing bubbles are working. So If you can maybe create a quasi-bubble on campus, um, if you can control that environment, that'll help go a long way. And I think the other thing you need to think about, right, and I think, Colin, you would agree 100%. Michael Kelly is a very serious person. He's not flippant. right? So I think if he goes, I think you'd have to be comfortable with his judgment going forward. If he feels comfortable, I think you'd have to be comfortable with it. If If he doesn't, I think you'd have to be comfortable with that as well.
4: So yeah, I think you yeah.
3: have good leadership in place that you can trust their judgment going forward.
4: A hundred percent. And honestly, I, I haven't talked to Michael um, in a while. I think it might've been actually the last time I talked to him was on this podcast. And I, that is the only reason that I have any faith that USF is gonna do the right thing. And, and that is just because of the guy who's in charge. And I would not have said that about previous leadership at USF. I would have been freaking out and worried. But again, you know, <laughs> if these kids are all spread out, I mean, are Nathan, maybe you can help like, Are they all in like one complex? Are they in like one off-campus housing or we got kids in like campus lodge and, you know, whatever UTAs called now and everything else. Are they just like did spread we, out we, all over all those just, apartments, like North of uh, North of Fletcher. Like did we uh, just run out two floors of the MC suites? So I'm confused. <laughs> well, we used to, that. That's actually a thing that we
1: used to no, do. That's for, a, like, that's a week, thing. You know? that, yeah. Yeah. That happens all the time, that's what I'm asking.
4: If if they've rented out a hotel, that would like be a bubble situation. I don't think that's the case. Is that Nathan? Is that
0: true? no? They're they're in just regular apartments. Um, I don't know how they're spread out, but I would I would be willing to bet that they've figured out or you know, put a lot of thought into where they're living, the actual proximity, maybe, maybe not Providence, because that's a little bit further away than. You know, 40, 50 lofts, or whatever it is, like right across the street. It just—I wouldn't be too worried about the logistics of that. I'd, I'd worry about when the kids actually start coming back onto campus. Like yeah, having right. them off, having them off campus, I think was the best decision.
4: Uh, okay. I mean, <laughs> we'll all find out eventually, won't we? I, was I, was gonna gonna say, I, don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> you're putting. It doesn't matter where you put them. They're kids. They're you they're kids. are right. Early twenties. Anybody that's been on one spring break, uh, they they're not going to exercise best judgment. They're going to go out one time because they're bored or just tired or whatever, and that's all it takes. And I mean, I can't blame them in the same, vein, but and like it sucks. And st- there's just too many questions to, for the season to go forward.
4: I, there's going to be a rager at campus latch at some point. It's going to happen. Oh God! That I mean. Pool, it, I mean, mean, and they're, they're, they're going to be passing cups back and forth and they're going to be, it's, it's going to be God only knows. Like we've seen the, we've seen the damn social media videos so far. I mean, what,
1: yeah, they're just, (laughs) they're going to do what they're going to do. And
4: I feel like there's going to be
1: less kids doing it, but there's, it's still going to happen.
4: Right. And then they're going to infect their teammates. And we talk about the overweight guys. It's a good thing in football. Overweight guys don't breathe on each other. I mean, (laughs) game.
2: And it's not even so it's not even like you're doing a hey you say hey practice we're good zero tests or zero positive since they've been doing camp for the last couple of weeks but now you're putting them into a game with other teams so now your 100 that you have maybe secluded now becomes 200 people then becomes 300 if you're not uh, spacing out games which I, I thought might might have happened in there if you start shrinking the conference games you maybe space them out some of these conferences are doing that more than others some are starting later it's It's kind of crazy if you just look across the entire what conferences are playing when they're playing some teams are start some programs are starting three weeks prior than others. It's just kinda crazy but if you know if you get if you get an infection or there's there's people who are, you could trace that to now two different cities two different states it just becomes a whole big thing yeah
3: and I, that's I will, why the protocols by the conferences are so important that and that's why you've seen. Spotlights being put on some non-conference teams that people have on their schedule that aren't following strict protocols; those games may get canceled. Liberty, and Liberty, and I'm guessing if they get canceled, you're not going to have to worry about paying them because that would be it. Would they would it. You'd be kind of um, it. would Really, be their fault for canceling. It wouldn't be a Texas USF situation where uh, they got canceled
4: on. So, right there are three ACC teams who scheduled Liberty, Syracuse students just like straight up said. We don't want to play against those guys. And the school in this league, honestly, that scares me the most is Houston because they had massive outbreaks when this first happened and were literally doing – I think they were testing like once a week and not really doing anything about it. And then 30-some kids got COVID and then they shut it down.
2: UCF too, Orlando. I mean, if you're from any other – you look at both Florida schools, but I mean, UCF and that one New York Times post had – what, two to 400? It's just
4: nuts. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, general population. Like I I was talking for Houston, I was just talking about the football team. But the whole, you know, and North Carolina today, like, oh my God, like it's just, it's gonna happen. And I don't see how we get through the rest of the season. I, you know, here's the thing. The SEC can afford a bubble. Like do the math. Like the the NBA bubble was like $170 million. Even if the, uh, an SEC bubble was $300 million, they'd still make money because of the media deal and TV would kick in more money on top of that to make it happen. But outside of that, I don't, I mean, the economics of this definitely don't work in the American conference. So I'm just, I'm
0: skeptical. And and, you know, about the American conference, uh, Tulsa today had eight positive tests, and they've had to quarantine eight other players uh, due to COVID. So even when the conference is taking it seriously, you still, I mean, Tulsa, Oklahoma,
4: and the other thing about Tulsa is Tulsa is flat freaking broke. Like they were broke before COVID. They ha- they had, they asked all of their head coaches to take a 20% pay cut and their athletic director to take a 20% pay cut before COVID hit. How are they going to be able to afford to keep those kids safe and run a football season with no fans in the stands? I feel like the college that's in the best position to handle
1: a viral outbreak right now. is probably Rutgers. Cause I mean, he just does wonders. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Not all that Big Ten money,
1: right?
2: <laughs> uh, anyone can fix it, Chiano. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, so you know, USF's had three games canceled. Uh Texas, Nevada, uh Bethune Cookman, Nevada and Bethune have postponed their seasons to either the spring or just punting until twenty twenty one. Texas picked UTEP over USF. That that hurts a little bit. But, I mean, UTEP does play in a stadium that I've never heard of. I've never – I don't even know where it is. I don't know where El Paso is. Never heard of it. And who knows if we're going to get that $1.9 million. I think there's a pretty good case to be made if Texas plays one single game that force major is kind of out the window there, and you better pay us our fucking money or admit that you stole the hand sign from us. Those are your two options. Pick one. I just have a great – visual of Michael Kelly emailing Texas's AD
1: with like all these bitch better have my money memes.
2: <laughs> and at the end, just putting best.
1: <laughs> Would this be
3: something you could try to push back to a later date or try to get a home and home out of?
4: Yes.
0: I think yeah, that probably. D- that's it, not nearly it, as fun.
4: True. But I, I do think that like you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar and you don't want to be the program that screws over or like holds to the letter of the law on the contract in the middle of a pandemic. USF doesn't want to be that school because if you become that school, you become FIU and then nobody will schedule you.
2: You could yeah. p- push the, make them come to you first, push the other one back. So they already canceled. It was originally a home and home and they canceled that portion, paid out the whatever 1.9 million that was, and just said, you'll get the Austin trip. So now they would lose that one too.
0: And I, I will say, um, you know, these, the dollar amounts, you know, the $1.9 million, whatever payout that a school gets for, you know, traveling somewhere, they're technically supposed to be paid 90 days after, or you have up until 90 days after the game happens to pay it out. So, in theory, if we're going to be snarky about it, USF shouldn't have spent the money yet because they wouldn't, they don't have it yet. But I don't think that's how college budgets work. Colin, right or wrong? Nathan, they spent the money. The money got spent. <laughs>
4: the, the money got spent two years ago, buddy. Like they, that, that was budgeted, asked, answered. Like there is somebody in a business office right now going, I don't know what we're going to do. It's bad. an actuary on the ledge somewhere. Exactly. Like, and, and yeah, it's budgeted and it's not like you'd wait for the money to come in to spend it.
0: See, that's, that's just poor accounting and just poor, money, man, poor money, money management by literally every university in America right now.
4: Gap principles still apply at every school in Florida, except for the one 100 miles up I-4 from us. So, yeah.
0: So, USF is actively looking for opponents. Jeff Scott said uh, on Saturday that they're hoping to have a couple of contracts finalized uh, by the end of the week. Florida State has an opening September 19th. I don't want to say that sources say because I don't have that much, but I'm, I would definitely say there's a gut feeling. USF, FSU is not going to happen. That is not going to be the game. It's probably going to be an FCS game for Florida State. Don't hold me to that. Just uh, I've, I've heard things, but you never know with these things. I want to put all the caveats that I can possibly put that I don't know for sure. I, this is not one of those things where I have, I, I've got it nailed down, but I've just heard. And I, I feel I feel okay saying I've heard on a podcast uh, that not nearly as many people listen to that than uh, who read our stuff. So the people who listen, this is for you. Congratulations. I've heard it's not going to be Florida State.
2: So Nathan, so, Nathan, if all the FCS conferences canceled, how can a team schedule an FCS game?
0: Well, uh, the, the, the Big South apparently um, have, have allowed their teams to uh, play non-conference games. So your Charleston Southerns, North Alabamas, Gardner-Webb, and some others have allowed them to have non-conference games and get paid for it. So congrats. So you want to talk about a
4: money grab. How'd you like to be an FCS student that's not even going to get to play a season, but you're going to have to go do three, four weeks of practice and then hit each other in the mouth just to go get paved for a paycheck from an F from an FBS school. Like that's how is this? Okay. I just can't imagine this. This is why I still don't think this is going to happen. These are all the reasons I still don't think this is going to happen.
1: I mean, them getting paved by, yeah, you know, FBS schools is nothing new. This is how they fund most of their programs. Like, I think Presbyterian
4: is just really kicking it uh, back and not taking it in the chin every couple of months. No, but I mean, like, you normally you do that, but then you get to play a full season and you're playing for a championship in your conference and you're trying to make the FCS playoffs. You know, there's like something to play for. But to do all the work to get ready for the season, play one game, get hosed, and then go home, like
3: that's okay. Yeah, yeah. They're probably, more, they're probably more okay with it than you think.
1: I feel like if you sign up at They want to play games. Yeah. If you sign up at a school like Campbell, Hampton, North Alabama, you're not playing for Clemson,
4: and I think you know that. I, I, you very well may be right. I don't know how the kids feel. but
3: like. I think, I think if, if, you're, if your season's been flipped to spring, this is basically your spring practice. If you're going to get four weeks and play a game at the end, you just flip your season.
4: So that's how they treat it, I'd imagine. That's a good thought. I hadn't thought of it that way. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: I, I just know that I, I personally don't, I love football. You know, I've been going to football games since before I could walk. But if the last football game I go to in 2020 happened to be an XFL game, I'm okay with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the same, same thing. Same thing for me. That's exactly how that worked out. Um, I, I, I guess on the other hand, the practice is really nice to have. Say, hey, we're still doing that. And Do then, I still want to play a game. You can, but just again goes back to the: is it is it not safe to play out of conference? and safe to play in conference because of the protocols. But except in this situation where we can recoup some money and it's considered a fall spring game, I think that's where a lot of the it just it's insane that every other sports league could come together collectively bargain something, but the NCAA can't do anything with FBS football or Division One football, and this is what we're getting: just a bunch of throw a bunch of darts at the, at the board see what happens. And everyone's doing something completely different. It's just it's wild to see that.
1: Yes, Vito, the NCAA is against collective bargaining. I don't know if you've picked up on that. I am <laughs> shocked. Shocked. Not that shocked.
3: Yeah. Has, um, Clemson, has Clemson filled their out-of-conference game yet?
2: I think they were trying to lobby to get South Carolina to work. I'm not that's sure. SEC's not playing anything out-of-conference. They wouldn't even let him,
3: like,
1: negotiate. No, because Florida and Florida State aren't playing either. Someone didn't ask uh, about Clemson's schedule in the, the, conference or the uh, press conference.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Swear, everything else. <laughs> Just a couple questions. I mean, as long as, you know, you didn't, you know, ask Jeff Scott or Rodney Adams if, what it was like to be fast, that'd be embarrassing for someone who would ever ask that question. Hey, Ronnie, can you talk about being fast? I didn't know. First of all, I assure you, whoever asked that question did not say talk about. <laughs> I, don't who, I don't know who would have ever asked that question, but I can tell you for sure.
2: I got, I got a gut feeling about. they might be on this podcast.
0: Ronnie, I, talk about just being a straight speedster for a minute. No, I, Okay, full disclosure, I said, Ronnie, so what's it like being fast? I set it up. I set it up like, okay. So he, he, he beat, he beat a couple defenders like on a post route and the defenders actually ran into each other. And like, he just like, like he was honestly like, one of those kind of things where you see like, Oh shit, that dude's really fast. He just kind of slips between the two defenders and I was like, yeah, so you, you have this like, so what's it like being fast? Like do you realize when you're out there, like you're just faster than everyone on the field and he, uh, yeah, he understood what I was kind of going for and gave me a good answer. I I can't remember it. I just remember uh, Jeff Odom looking at me and rolling his eyes and, and walking away, and that that would kind of hurt me. But
1: hey. Superman, can what? you talk about having
0: a cape? <laughs> I think it's a relevant question.
4: To be fair, like I I've known Odom since he was like what eighteen, nineteen years old, right? Like I've seen him ask some really dumb questions before too. Like you know, it happens.
3: Clemson, I think they I think they want to schedule probably somebody in. The Citadel. They're gonna be but, the
0: Citadel. But our is Citadel's conference playing? Is
3: that oh, is that schedule?
0: The I Citadel plans to play a four game schedule. Clemson expected to be one opponent. This was from August 14th, so who knows if it's still relevant right now. I, on
3: Clemson's site, which you know, nobody ever updates their site, it seems like they has, they still have September nineteenth open non-conference TBA. Or Jeff's got a bone.
2: Video, are you eating cake? No. <laughs> you hear <laughs> it was my mom's birthday today so we got our cake uh, yesterday unrelated Leo so, season.
1: yeah oh yeah a- i understand you know not flying from texas to california or florida to I'm, who's kidding florida doesn't go anywhere like but just playing exclu- exclusively in state seems to have the exact same amount of risk as somebody is playing out of state so i don't understand why everybody's kind of touting that as an idea
2: I think you stay off the plane, you're just doing a bus ride, you can stay in, you can get out, you don't have to stay over. It might be expense for the traveler, too. I mean, unless you're, if you're paying
3: for it, I guess. If you're like Clemson, you're paying for somebody to come to you, but.
1: Yeah, I I just, you know, I've I've seen plenty of viruses picked up in Tallahassee. I don't see how that's safe. (laughs) Oh, roasted.
0: (laughs) Also, you know, South Beach or uh, Coral Gables, uh, Boca. I'm sure Boca's got some some nasty things going on there. Uh, Bridges.
2: (laughs) So is, are we going to don't get, don't get any other games. We play one game against FAU. We, we lose and then that's it. How's that?
1: No, Um, we pack it up but we're done. We're just done. I would literally be
2: my nightmare. (laughs) I
0: think. If they only play one game and USF loses or they play like two or three games and USF goes 0-3, bro, I'm out. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I'm out, I can't. I have an idea. It's the, it's the, seriously, it's the one thing we have on that team. So It's the one thing. Play, can we just play Florida College like eight or nine times?
4: Remember, oh, FG... we still have beaten them more than they've beaten us. It's still six to five. I mean, it's it. If we make oh. it to the end of the season, it's probably going to be six to six. But right now, it's six to five, and they'd have to beat us by sixty this year to catch up on points. Yeah. So
1: that's no, not. Gonna... I'm at Florida College in Temple Terrace.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, well let's play them a ton. That works for me.
3: You can play the FGCU uh, club team that was giving out fake scholarships on Twitter.
4: We uh we did play that Florida that weird Florida college cult uh at the Sun Dome and they brought like every student that they had. It was a
0: fun game. It was a fun atmosphere. Are they only wearing jean skirts? No, they were normal. Their 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 student section is more put together and more rauchous. raucous, raucous, And you up student section. I'll call I'll call you out for that. Well yeah, I mean you get
1: yelled at enough to be on a call. you tend to do things in uniform.
0: Mm-hmm. That game was
2: like twelve PM on like a Wednesday too. It was weird. Yeah.
0: There they had a Mo- guy dressed up as Moses. I think it was Moses. What the fuck? Yeah. It was oh, man. I wish VBS was, Podcast, was, podcast
2: yeah. was around for that, because VBS podcast, Jason Kirk talks about uh the book of Genesis. It's great. Oh yeah. No, Mo- he gets
1: deep into the Bible. Moses would have been a great fullback. <laughs>
0: oh, man. lead um, blocker. Lead,
1: uh, Alabama or, or Tulane, though. It's true.
0: Let's get to some football real quick. How about it? It's camp. They had All their right. first scrimmage on Saturday. Uh, Jeff Scott was impressed by the offensive line, the running backs, and the secondary. One of those three things is not shocking. Uh, the secondary had, uh, had another good... Uh, Another good day. That's, I think the, the focal point of the defense. I think that's probably the best unit on the entire team. KJ Sales and Nick Roberts had interceptions. Jeff Scott said the quarterbacks had an average day at best, mostly due to the secondary, uh, but the offensive line with maybe the, the story offensively uh, for this scrimmage. You know, I, I'm going to be the happy guy right now. I, I said it on Twitter. I'm such a sucker. You give me one good thing, and I'm in for 12 and 0. So I'm just going to harp on this real quick. The offensive line gave up one sack in the scrimmage, uh, first, second, and third team. Uh, they gave up just one single sack. They did that in just three games last season, giving up one sack or fewer. That's you know something to hang their hats on. That's probably more of an indication of the defensive line than the offensive line.
3: I have I have a I have a theory on that that's not it's not necessarily uh bad for the defense. Um I think my guess would be that uh Charlie Weiss is a really heavy RPO run pass option guy. So when the quarterback is pulling the ball to throw, usually the ball's not in his hands very long, or if the defense is backing off. He can hand it off for a run. So, that run pass option limits can limit kind of the sacks because you're not getting a real pass rush. The ball's getting out of the quarterback's hands really fast. And that's something he liked to do a lot at FAU. And that's something Kiffin did before when he was with him. So, I think it may that could have been part of it. There's so not a ton of just straight drop back passing. So, it, it's tough for the defense to get sacks too. So it may not necessarily reflect the defensive line is poor. It could be just schematically if you're running a lot of RPO stuff, you're getting the ball out of your hands before they can get there. And they wanted to do that stuff last year, but the quarterback um, through injury or other things wasn't accurate enough to make the throws and make, wasn't making quick enough decisions. It seems like all three guys are guys they feel they can do that with. This year, everyone's healthy and everyone's – Played a little bit, got some experience, so I think that could be part of it, too. So it may not necessarily be that the defense is terrible or that the offensive line has made a huge step, which they may have, but I think that's part of it. Is they're not dropping back to pass a ton. It's a lot of RPO stuff where they could run it or throw it, and they kind of take advantageous situations.
4: Nate, who are the quarter? Who got the quarterback wraps?
0: Uh, so Noah Johnson, Cade Ford, and Jordan McLeod all split. Uh, Reps equally with the first and second team. And then the two freshmen, Katravis Marsh and Jordan Smith, Smith, uh, split with the third team, as well as Walk on Brandon's sire, uh, CYR is how you spell his last name. Um, But those three were equal. I know USF football uh, posted a a picture uh, or a video of Jordan McLeod just throwing up an absolute dime to uh, Fred Lloyd uh, in practice. Earlier last week, it was it was just a phenomenal pitch and catch. So um, it, it's good to see Jordan back healthy. And I mm-hmm. thought he was more skilled than he showed last year. And I think it, I think it was partly due to injury. So it's good to see him healthy and competing. And
4: Nate, are you are you
0: buying man, in? Are you back in on the It class? sucks, man. It's God, crazy. you're such dude, a,
4: camp whore. You're such, so a camp whore. you're such a camp
0: whore.
4: <laughs> carry that water mofo
0: dude it's so bad man i can't i can't i can't stay mad at them and it's awful so i'm deep.
3: buying i'm um, buying cade Fortin in stock by the way okay i'm, I'm getting on the ground floor with think he's made uh obviously you're only seeing highlights but a couple of those throws he's made in some tight windows
0: uh oh,
3: yeah, i don't man. know they, it seems like they all three might playing just do change of pace especially uh with uh, Johnson, he seems like he's extremely athletic and can throw a little bit as well, so change of pace. I don't know, but what I've seen a Fortnite, he looks like he can throw and that's where he showed in high school too. Yeah. I
1: know. yeah. This is how the cycle abuse begins again, guys. I know, man. <laughs> that's the best part of it, though. It's that's the no, good part.
4: This is, this is the, the manic hard. part, not the depressive part. It's fine. This, this, this three months from now, we're gonna laugh at ourselves. Like, there's, th- I've been down this. Nate, we're doing this thing at DK right now where we're going through and we're picking one player every day that's getting the puff piece smoke blown up his ass by an NFL writer. I might tap you in for the col- for the college version. <laughs> Man, I just he's, I can't. It's help easy to be it. negative. It, it's 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 accurate. It's USM football. I had twenty five years of this shit. Like, long term, if you're negative, you're going to be right more than if you're positive.
2: Where's the Eeyore emoji? Seriously, (laughs) man. That's
1: that's your 10th consecutive year. They actually send you little packets of cynicism with your season tickets.
0: (laughs) Do it to themselves. (laughs) It's in the Adidas box. It's actually, you know, instead of the silica packs, that's what you get.
1: So, actually, quick question. I know, you know, production-wise, you have to have all that shit printed months in advance. Are they just going to have to eat it? Or are they going to, like, try and be campy with it and just say, like, oh, 2020, except for it's 2021? I
2: held off on production at this point. I mean, when you had an inkling of this might get shortened in March, April, I don't know how soon you do it, yeah. but I bet you halted some of that. Maybe not,
1: though.
4: Yeah, You know, well, box, no like boxes the, with uh, bobbleheads this year.
1: Yeah, the only thing that they probably didn't that they couldn't use, um, or if they saw this coming, they just didn't put a year on the box. Like, the the media guides are pretty much the only thing that they can't really use.
0: Yeah. I want to be optimistic, and that's just, you know, for someone who's very petty and usually not this optimistic about everything else in life, man, I can't help it when it comes to this team, and I'm such a sucker. And I know I am. I know I'm a sucker. And I know Ryan's going to shove this down my throat once the season Whenever the season happens, oh, it will. You can't, I don't know, man. It's a, a, a it's br- fun, brand it's new, fun to be happy.
2: Brand new staff is always hope, springs eternal. You get a whole new message. It seems like the students or the players are really enjoying themselves and actually having a good time. But like back in Willie Taggart, now again, year zero or year minus one, wherever you're at. But
4: in uh, Willie Taggart 2013, know, all we heard was these kids just love each other more. They're. <laughs> We got talent. We just didn't love each other. We gotta love each other more. Two and ten. Okay.
3: I don't that, think you don't you don't have to be. You can be optimistic without thinking they're going
4: to be really good. Like you can be optimistic for the direction things are moving. That oh yeah, I am I'm hopeful
1: as hell. Yeah,
4: the, I'm optimistic about the long term future. I've said this repeat. I am more mm-hmm. optimistic about the long term future of this program over the last three years than I've been for the previous 10 because I think we have the right leadership in place. I think things are finally coming together. The tough decisions that had to get made are getting made. COVID screws all of this up obviously, but you know, I I think we're closer to an indoor practice facility than we have been in a long time. Long-term I'm, bullish on the bulls but for the upcoming 2020 season man those kids were not good last year and i don't care if you hire vince lombardi and bill belichick you can't make bad players good players we just don't have enough good players it's a problem
1: i feel like with the one two punch we have with michael kelly and jeff scott this is easily the most actual not just like oh you know I'm just justifying this because I spent thousand dollars on fucking football tickets this year again. But like this, I actually do have hope, and I think it's going to be better—not immediately, but long term.
0: Yes. And I think we gotta realize. Maybe if we had the spring and we saw just how bad they were in spring, maybe I'm not as optimistic. But hey, you know, I, I've had I've been working from home for the last six months. I'm miserable. I want to be hopeful about something. So why not be hopeful instead of, you know, all things being equal, having a 12 game schedule instead of going four and eight, maybe they go five and seven or instead of going, you know, two and 10, they go three and nine. That's improvement to me. All right. You know, I'd be excited for five and seven. Get five and seven this year. Sign me up. up. (laughs) I'd be be out there. Right. So, you know, if, if, I'm not saying they're going eight and four, you know, five and seven is, Oh, this is everything breaking. Right. And they're showing improvement. I'm still realistic and understanding, you know, two and 10 to four and eight is probably more uh, possible than, you know, eight and four or even six and six with a 12 game schedule. It's a 50% improvement. I'll take it. Right. just show me improvement the back half of the season. I don't care. It, you know, when the Texas game was on, I, I don't care if you get blown out 48 nothing. Just show me improvement from game one to game 12 or, you know, game one to game two. Whatever it ends up being, just show some improvement throughout the season. And if you have to punt for the entire year because of COVID, that is perfectly fine. If you're allowed to still practice, Use it. Use it at like USF did when they first built the program. You practice for an entire year. You get the, at least the reps in, you know what you're doing. Go from there.
4: The last team that got better from week one to week 12 was 2015.
0: Yep. Very true. So
4: yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I don't think that's an unreasonable ask if they get better from, if they're better week 12 than week one or week six or however many games we play, that's fine. Cause we haven't had that since 2015. Because that team got significantly, significantly better as the season went on. Be nice to have that happen again.
2: I know it's the first scrimmage and there's not a lot to take from it, but it, it is a bit optimistic to hear that both Felix and Joyner both had good days. If the running game can be, you know, mm-hmm. c- can be what it is, the, the, they've got speed in the skill positions a little more than you feel like they had the last couple. The la- during the Charlie Strong era, and then uh, I mean, what Noah Johnson and Jordan McLeod both ran for a touchdown too. It's just you know it's good things to hear it's obviously there was a lot of things you mentioned penalties were a problem still but if you can clean that up it's it's nice to see like okay there are dudes on the team and it's not completely salt earth salted earth rather and it's just fun to talk about football i mean j- just hearing him talk about football in that press conference was just it
3: was fun it, it was, it was i energy. think if if you lose i think if you lose every game this year but you identify that you have a good quarterback Going forward, it's a win for the season because last year that was as much bad as everything else was. If you had average quarterback play, you would have probably made a bowl game. And so, I think going forward, if you can, if one of these guys is your quarterback going forward, you can find other guys to fill out the rest of the team. You got young skill guys, like you said, and Joiner. You got, is it, how do you, is, is it Beatty? Is that how you say his name? Uh, yeah, I thought it was say- the T from from Sarasota's another explosive young guy. You got Felix transferred in. So you've got some explosive guys that are going to be there for a couple of years further on. So I think if you just find your quarterback this year, I think that's a win. And this year's kind of just – and I I think they're going to have – I think they're going to have a strong year recruiting as well, just based on all the different variables that are coming because they have – their staff is already been recruiting this area. For a few years, so they kind of have a head start on what a normal new staff would have. So I think they're going to do well in recruiting, uh, especially with the limited visits that may happen, the limited uh, amount of travel. Kids will be able to do, and the limited maybe amount of kids that will want to leave home area. So I think this year's kind of gravy. If they can find a quarterback, I think it's a win.
1: Did I, hear I agree? You? I agree. We have six quarterbacks.
0: Yeah, uh, five scholarship, one walk-on, I think. Is that a record?
4: I know we've had five before, but I can't ever think of us having six. So that might be a record.
1: Uh, um, well, so What do we say, four transfer?
4: No, no. These are, I think a couple of them are athletes that will convert to another position. Correct, Nathan? No. I don't know.
0: I, really? I, I, I think Marsh and Smith are actual real-life quarterbacks. Okay. I think. I think. Plus Jordan I think Jordan Smith's the lefty. I'm all here for a lefty quarterback. <laughs> oh, knuckleballs. Yeah, receivers.
4: Receivers aren't. <laughs> Nathan, how many fans are we gonna let have or walk into Ray J? What's the most number of fans that will be allowed to buy a ticket at Ray J this season? Zero. To yes. just whole season no matter what. Yeah, don't zero point zero. Don't, yeah, don't fuck it up. Wait, can we just play on the practice?
1: I mean are we we're we're required to play at Raymond James, no matter what. Right?
4: No. So we we asked MK about this, Nathan, didn't we? We asked yeah. him if yeah, yeah. We said, um, and he said there are no plans at this time to play on campus. That was our thought too. It was like you can't have fans. Why not play the soccer stadium? Save a few bucks. But yeah. um, yeah. apparently he wasn't as on board with that. I'm sure there's some contractual things. I I,
1: you know what? Uh, against my better judgment, I completely trust in NK. Uh, Michael Kelly has never once even shown me like the hint that he might be a grifter or a bad AD or, or sorry, vice president of athletics.
4: But man, I know like my rational mind is like, Hey, we've done this before. Yeah. This one's different though. And I I think it's because this is 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 a guy who came back to this university who did it because of the experience that he had here because of Leroy. So I, yeah, we went from, I, the analogy I've always said, we went from an F to a C- and we thought that was, a, and it was a market improvement, but we went from an F to a C- minus. now we have an A. And, Absolutely. Oh, and We have an we AP weighted A. Yeah, exactly. We have the 5.0. And, um, you know, it, I haven't heard anything about the ACC commissioner gig unless he leaves for that. I think he's going to, and, he, and by the way, if they offer him that job, he better take that job because oh, if shit. you're responsible to his family <laughs> to not take that job. But Outside of that, I think he'll, he may not be with us forever, but he's not going to leave until he gets this fixed, unless it's something like the ACC commissioner gig.
0: Absolutely. Let's see. Uh, I I mentioned earlier the seven opt outs. I just want to kind of go over them real quickly. So it's wide receiver, Jannard Phillips, defensive tackle, John Waller. And then prior to the scrimmage on Saturday, five more players opted out, uh, Tight end Thomas Nance, who's he lost both parents in high school. I think he may be a little bit more cautious than, than most. Michigan transfer linebacker Devin Gill, he was supposed to come in and, and, and play uh, middle linebacker. He's decided to opt out. Looks like uh, Demarez Bellamy will kind of fill in that role for, for him. That's who uh, Jeff Scott pointed out on Saturday. Running back Josh Berry, who was coming off a torn ACL, has opted out. And then cornerback uh, Eugene Bowman also opted out, who has uh, a young child. So there's there's still some stuff to be had. I want to make sure i got everyone. One, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, sorry. I missed one. The, the most important one, uh, Eddie McDoom opted out as well. So uh, another wide receiver threat who I think we've joked on this podcast. Uh, that I th- apparently him and Jordan McLeod just did not like each other. With the amount of times McLeod just missed a wide open Eddie McDoom last year, so maybe it's a a good thing uh, for, for, the, for the team over yeah, for the team overall. You know, addition by subtraction or something like
1: that. Wait, so when, when the guy named Eddie McDoom opts out, you might want to pay
0: attention. Pretty much. Pretty much. Really nothing else uh, that kind of pops into my head. Oh, uh, 247's
2: Will Turner broke that uh, defensive tackle Armon Williams has entered the NCAA transfer portal.
0: He has. uh, Just another (laughs) defensive line depth uh, lacking. I don't think he was on the initial fall camp roster and it finally uh, got entered into the transfer portal. Best of luck to you. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens. The bread bracket, we're down to the uh, Final Four. Uh, that would we'll probably posted uh, sometime this week. With, you know, real sports going on, we kind of held off for a little bit. Uh, but the Final Four are Cuban bread, naan, cornbread, and croissants. So good job by everyone for participating. I think that's it. Any final thoughts you guys want to go over? If I've missed something that you want to talk about, please uh, feel free to. Uh, chime in, it's, oh, it's, maybe.
1: yeah. I just want to say biscuits over or croissants over biscuits is just bullshit. That's a tough
4: one.
0: Well, that's um, because you're from an uh, unpronounceable name in the middle of Florida. So
4: yeah, well, we had croissants.
0: culture. <laughs> we had a culture Perkins. wherever
1: you're from. How dare you? We had a Perkins and a Bob Evans. Fuck you. <laughs> I've no. Ne-
3: I've never heard of croissants and gravy.
2: What's a crow saint? <laughs>
1: Damn, I'm going to have to eat your Johnson gravy now, son of a bitch.
4: (laughs) So I don't know if we're going to play football in the fall or the spring or at all or whatever, but like, I just want to just keep the kids safe. I'm glad this, I'm glad this isn't like the 27 or 2016 or 2017 season where this is happening. Can you imagine like USF puts together like a really good team that we know is going to be really good. And then COVID hits and just fucks everything up. So like, I'm kind of glad the team's down a little bit this year, if we're going to have to go through this as a society.
0: <laughs> so Colin, you're, you're saying you're, we're lucky to have a team that's not really good. And if it was a good team that it sucked that COVID kind of took it out much like uh, USF men's basketball is probably going to be an NCAA tournament team, except the entire season may get wiped out or at least uh, until January. All contraire, frère. I believe, and I've talked
4: to a couple of college basketball people who would know, and I'm actually probably going to write about this for DK next week. I think we're going to have college basketball and I think we're going to have bubbles regular season. I think we're going to see tournaments, preseason holiday tournaments, neutral locations, with bubbles. And I think by the time conference play rolls around, we will either be close enough to a vaccine or the technology will be forward or something. But I think we're going to see basketball, college basketball bubbles. And I think we'll see a lot of them in Las Vegas because Las Vegas is specifically capable of handling this for reasons that somebody who's much smarter than me about college basketball talked to me about. So, yeah, I think we're going to play college basketball. I think the team's going to be really good. I really want to see Alexis Yetna. And yeah, that could happen.
0: I want to see Caleb Murphy play. Like, if I can't get to see yeah. Caleb Murphy and Lex play on the same team before Lex decides to turn pro, I am going to be furious. If I don't get to see David Collins break almost every record at USF, free throws, most made, whatever, I want to. I just, I'm so Both to too. <laughs> hey. Oh, positive positive note god so is it the roster
3: is
4: it the roster size that you think will allow basketball to go yes it'll be the roster size it'll be the and basically like it w- the way it was explained to me you can do bat, you can do college basketball on a, a on a hotel floor like you can just have the team run out like half of a floor of a hotel mm-hmm. and a meeting room like in the meeting room space and that's all you need and you can actually with room service and everything, and that there are promoters, college basketball promoters are really already selling this to schools. Cause like, remember all those preseason holiday tournaments, not run by the teams they're run by these like neutral committees basically. And the same promoters run like four and five and six tournaments. They're already out there selling. They're saying you're, instead of us paying you to come to this tournament this year, we're probably going to just have you show up and, and not pay you anything, but we'll take care of your expenses once you get here. And that's going to be because normally like those with like the Vegas tournaments that like, you know, people play in, they pay the school, but then the promoters make money on the ticket packages and some, they get a commission from the Las Vegas visitor authority for every hotel room that gets booked because of it, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. That's not going to happen or so the school's not going to get paid, but they're going to be able to bring kids in, quarantine them once they get there, let them practice hold them down, and then be able to play.
0: Again, wear your GD masks because I want to see Alexis Yatnab play. And uh, Russell uh, Chua from uh, the middle school in Lubbock was deemed uh, immediately eligible. He is from the same high school that Lex went to. He's, a, he's from Cameroon and went to high school at Putnam. Guys, seriously, it, it would take a pandemic for the best team since the 2012 team to not be able to play. I'm
4: going to throw it out there. This team's better than the 2012 team.
0: Oh, we still don't know who our point, we don't know no. who our point guard is. All right. We Caleb, got Murphy. Caleb Murphy. Caleb uh, Murphy. We sure we're, we're just going to rely on a, a true freshman, two uh, true, true freshman. Like you that? seen the highlight tape? I have. Kentucky no, I does it. Well, have you seen that guy's hair? hair? Impressive.
4: The highlight tape's sick. That team can go. He can go.
0: Man, I'm so I am so excited. Same. And I, I will say, I, the USF uh, men's basketball posted a video today, and he has some stiff competition for best team on the hair uh, best hair on the team. Excuse me. I thought he was going to have a runaway, but uh, Rashun Williams has got some great hair. Uh, Yetna and uh, DC have kind of let it grow out into like an afro, uh, or so like it's, it's, I don't know if it's a more of like a high top fade kind of thing. It looks fantastic. God. Uh, they're all fighting
4: for the Zach Dawson Trophy, though.
0: Uh, Medu Kek has a fantastic hair. It's like it's uh, shaved all the way around the top, except it's like in mini braids in the middle. It looks great, uh, but man, he's got some competition. But I'm excited for it, and you know that's the kind of thing you get here at the Daily Stampede. Is uh, you know, who has the best hair?
1: I, I will say that the uh, the COVID has allowed people to really express themselves with their hair. Like, Because I mean, if you ever want to grow it out, you're like, oh, you know, you just kind of feign, like, I didn't want to... I you couldn't know, get to the
4: barber. barber. Yeah. They're all closed. No sh- yeah, no shame. They're- Mine's not. I, hell, I cut my, all mine mm-hmm. off twice. Like, cue-balled it twice, and it's already growing back, so... like That's
0: impressive. Yeah, I take mine price every two weeks. <laughs> but, again, oh... Men's basketball is going to be so fun. I'm excited, folks. Um, I think that's it. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Appreciate go you guys. And go
3: Bulls. Stay positive. Not COVID positive.
0: positive. Go Bulls.
2: <laughs> go Bulls and go Bolts. Go Bolts.